You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. You're listening to the prologue. My name's Doug Dahlgren. I'll be your host for this hour. And do I have a delight for you folks today. I am literally the thorn among the roses today. Now, the prologue is an introduction to authors and books that you may not be familiar with. If you or anyone that you know would like to be a guest on the show, please email me. We've got two ways you can do that. Doug at AmericasWebRadio.com or Doug at DougDahlgren.com. I'd love to discuss with you or them their appearance on a future program. Now, as I said, this is usually an introduction to folks that you may not know. But our listeners, most of our listeners, already know these two special guests that we've got here today. They each have been on the program with books of their own in recent months. Mila McGraw-Prost, author of now nine books, was here October 30th of 2015 with her great story, Writer, Writer. She shared in that the events of her leading, <coughs> of her events that led to her becoming an author and writing A Flower Blooms on Charlotte Street. Now, that book became a major motion picture titled The Adventures of O.C. Nash. Many of you in Atlanta may remember that. We also have Jacqueline Weldon White, also the author of nine books in varying genres. She can't make up her mind, really. (laughs) And she was on the prologue March 11th of 2016 with her terrific true crime story, The Empty Nursery, the story, tragic story, of Haley Hardwick. Now, these two have been friends for some 17 years now, having first met at a book signing arranged by their publisher, Mercer University Press. As their relationship grew, the unspoken idea of them writing a book together was always out there. It was simply a matter of subject and motivation. Now, to our benefit, they found both, and the work product is now here that we can all enjoy. That title is sidetracked. Two women, two cameras, and lunches on Sherman's Trail. And if you don't have a pen or pencil handy, I want you to get one because you're going to want to make notes through this program. And while you're doing that, I'm going to take care of some important business. It's a tradition here on the prologue to recognize some special listeners that we're very proud to have on America's Web Radio. Our uniformed service people around the world who work hard and put themselves at risk every day to secure our freedom. That freedom's not free, people, and we have to thank those who pay for it daily. The other group I want to mention are the local responders, our police, fire, rescue personnel, those who rush to our aid blindly when we need their help. Thanks for being there, folks, and thank you so much for being listeners. Now, our book today, once again, is titled Sidetracked. The complete title includes Two Women, Two Cameras, and Lunches on Sherman's Trail. Its authors are both here with us, Milo McGraw-Prost and Jacqueline Weldon-White. Welcome back to the prologue. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. We're glad to be here. Excellent. Proud to have you both. Now, Jackie. Yes. Whose idea was Sidetracked? Originally, it was my idea. I had read an article in the uh, AJC that talked about historic markers all over the state of Georgia, and I've always loved reading the historic markers. 
So I called my friend Milam and said, let's write a book. We'll go and we'll visit historic markers and we can write about them and and our travels. And Milam said, I'm not doing any research. (laughs) And I said, okay, I'll do the research, but we'll also have lunch. And that kind of brought her around. Oh, lunch, okay. And uh, then we discovered that there are over 3,500 historic markers in the state of Georgia. There's no way we could have visited all of them and included them in a book. So we needed a route to follow, and we came up with uh, Sherman's March to the Sea from Atlanta to Savannah. Neither of us are Civil War buffs, but uh, it gave us a direction. Now, I understand, Milam, that uh, other than the lure of lunches, which seems to really be your weak spot. Yes, we're going out that, to lunch after this with, with you and Donna. That you were a bit of a hard sell on this, but there was something that came along that suddenly got you on board. You want to talk about that? Well, we have a disagreement about that, as we have oh, about most things. <laughs> we were like heckle and jekyll, I think, much of the time. Um, Jackie and I kept meeting for lunch, as is our pattern. She lives in Houston, and we live in Atlanta, so we meet at this little cafe in Norcross all the time and just talk about different things. And again, we've become wonderful friends, so we talk about grandchildren and, and mutual interests and all. So... I guess, Jackie, for a year we'd meet for lunch and you'd say, oh, about the book. And i go, not going to happen. We're too good of friends. You would end up killing me because I'm a bit of a flippity-gibbet and she's very organized. So um, this is my part of the story. You think it was the Williams Payne House in Garnet Cobb. But I think what happened was her husband, had, her late husband, Carl, had been the chief of police in Gwinnett County. And she called me one day and she said, okay. Just go with me to the Solomon Goodman House. Goodwin? Goodwin. Goodwin House. Solomon Goodwin House on Peachtree. This is how we roll here. And uh, <laughs> I just want you to see it. It's the oldest house in DeKalb County. Old I'm standing I'm, house. Yes. yes, I'm looking at Jackie because she is the detail person. <laughs> it was built in 1838. 38, 38. I, I usually say 23. Okay, 38 or 39. And so I said, well, will there be lunch? And you said, absolutely, absolutely. So we roll up into the driveway of this wonderful duplex that sets back from the road uh, on Peachtree Street uh, between the Brookhaven Marta Station and a stakeout or something like that. And uh, Jackie gets out of the house to take a picture. And then she kind of gets back in the car because it seems ominous. It's kind of wooded and well, scary it was looking. Occupied. And yeah. Well, there was we that. We thought it too. was going to be just a historic house. And she was. leans over and she says, "By the way, did I tell you that Carl's great 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 grandfather built this house?" And I thought, okay. Carl White is sitting in this car, and he just announced to me, I'm going to cuff you if you don't tell me (laughs) that you will write this book with Jackie. So that's kind of what did it for me. I love it. You've changed the story again. Of course. course. (laughs) I'm a writer. Now, Jackie, were you aware of the connection to that house before you started researching? No, I wasn't. Uh, I was the one who set up our itineraries, and I tried to find things in each county that was along Sherman's Trail. And this was just one of the things I found in DeKalb County. And 
just included it on the the list. And then I, I got to thinking over the next few days, that name sounds so familiar. And I had I've done a lot of genealogical research, and I had done a lot on my husband's family. So finally, I went to the files and looked, and sure enough, Solomon Goodwin was his four times great grandfather. But I did not know about the house until uh, maybe two or three days before we we went to see it. So you saved that to spring on Milam when you were there. You knew that would be the linchpin. Actually, I told her ahead of time, but oh, okay. but naturally she's yeah. changed the story. <laughs> ooh, 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 can I tell a little bit more about yes. it? So Jackie, who is obviously very dignified and refined and sophisticated and smart, gets out of the car to take a picture. And this, this is what the part she's going back to that she's already changed. Go ahead. And this woman comes out of the house. I don't think she had a shotgun, but she looked fearsome, I thought. I and thought comes she just looked like people were in her front yard and she didn't know why. But the usual very uh, official person sitting here to my right starts sounding like Daffy Duck. She's going, up, 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 up. And I got out of the car and said, hello, my friend is the great, 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 great granddaughter, son, whatever, of Solomon Goodman. And all of a sudden the woman melted like butter on toast and she said, so am I. Come in, ladies. And yes. we spent 45 minutes there. That still live in the house. She showed us around, uh, told us wonderful stories. It was it was really a great experience. Mm-hmm. And then so you you became simultaneous book writers right then. You had you had to do this. That's what I think. Well, we're going to yeah. go with that. Okay, Let's we're go going with that until the next interview. Yeah, we'll just go with that for brevity at this point. Maybe. Are we done? <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to go back to your research, Jackie. Yes. You did a lot, other than just looking at the Solomon Goodman house, you did a lot of research, uh, and a lot of it was before the traveling even started. Tell us what you did. What What did you do to line up all these events? Well, to start with, I, I went to the... Uh, the website, and I can't recall the the address right now, but you can look up every historical marker in every county in the state of Georgia. And so I had already gotten a map, and I knew which counties we were going through. Turns out Sherman didn't have one route to the sea. He had two. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't know that when we started, but his army split leaving Atlanta and then came back together down around Milledgeville. So I looked at all those counties, and I looked at all the uh, historical markers in those counties. We didn't even scratch the surface. There are that many historic markers across the state. But the ones that I found that seemed a little bit off the beaten path, uh, just not the, the usual. I didn't want to just do Sherman's Army came through here, 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 and here. Right. So... I would find things that were a little obscure or a little weird and then just do some... I just did some uh, uh, internet research on those just to get an idea of, of what we were doing. And then, of course, I, because I'm just a little bit OCD, I had to map out our route exactly. Well, now, you mentioned that the internet said there were 3,500. They weren't all still there, though, are they? Some of the markers are missing, but the references to them are still there. Oh, okay. Uh, 
Some of them were missing to the point that we never found the the location. And that had nothing to do with our skills. No, no. <laughs> we're going to delve into that in just a minute. But, yeah, that's, part, that's really part of the book. I it think. is. I would like to tell you that several people who've heard us speak, and we do book clubs, anybody who out there who wants us to come, we love to do that. Got your pencils uh, ready? She's going to tell you how to reach out to them. Um, uh, a lot of people have decided to follow our track and they're going on vacations to find Burr Rabbit and the Poppy Lady and uh, Aaron Burr's jail cell and all kinds of things like that that Jackie discovered. She is a fabulous, fabulous researcher. But the fact that some of these markers were gone, that's what we kind of call progress in the state, isn't it? Uh, progress or maybe just attrition. I think there aren't perhaps legions of people who are terribly interested in historic markers. So when one's knocked down by a car, stolen, whatever, I don't know that it's uh, that there's a big push to replace it. Gotcha. Folks, we're talking this morning with Milo McGraw-Prost and Jackie Weldon-White. We're talking about a book that, if you can believe it, after this first segment here, they actually wrote it together. And they got it done. And the book <laughs> what is does titled, that mean? <laughs> the book is titled Sidetracked, Two Women, Two Cameras, and Lunches on Sherman's Trail. Milam, how about you telling us, where can folks find out more about this book? Jackie, I need some help on this. Mercer University Press has it on their page, so you can go and see our pictures and see a lot about the book. And it's on Amazon under the title of Sidetracked, and then you have to do... Uh, Doug just time. told us, the two time. women, two cameras, and lunches on Sherman's Trail. And then Jackie has a website. I'm going to have a website if my grandson gets around to finishing it. But, Jackie, you want to tell him what your website is? Uh, it's JacquelineWeldonWhite.com. There we go. Very good. Folks, we're going to be back after these messages with even more from Milam and Jackie. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren. On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. 
Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we are back. We're here this morning again with Milam McGraw-Prost and Jackie Weldon-White. We're talking about sidetracked. And Sidetrack has a complete title. I want you to pick those pens and pencils up, and I want you to make a note, because if you're looking this thing up on Amazon, you're going to need all of this. Sidetracked, two women, two cameras, and lunches on Sherman's Trail. That is the title, and you will find it on Amazon if you put all that in there. Now, Milam, once you guys decided that you were going to do this, how did you pick where to go first? Jackie was totally in charge of me. We would meet in this parking lot at this restaurant and get in the car, and she'd say, surprise, we're going, and then she would tell me where we were going that day. And she's shaking her head in agreement. I find that hard to follow, but anyway. I would give her a list of the day's destinations. Well, but in fact, did you, did you start the way the book tracks? Did you start in Sandy Springs? We did. And okay. We started uh, at Milam's house in Sandy Springs, mm-hmm. and our first visit was to Buckhead, and then Roswell, and then from there we <coughs> the Williams Payne House. We branched out the Williams Payne mm-hmm. House, Solomon Goodwin House, and we just tried really hard. Now we might not have written them all at the same time. But we tried very hard to follow the logical route and just take it county by county. Sometimes we would do, when we wrote it, we would do two or three counties at once because they were grouped together on the route. How many total road trips were there? I'm thinking 18. 18? 18 or maybe 20. Okay. And then we did have, uh, our last trip was... uh, we stayed overnight a couple of times. That was when we went to Savannah, so we left mm-hmm. Atlanta. It's kind of hard to go to Savannah yeah. and not stay overnight. Yeah. That's a good drive. It would have made an awfully long day trip. Plus, yeah. we had one of our best dinners on the whole trip. Oh, yes. Okay. yes. Right. You want to talk about that? <laughs> sure. Where was this? It was in Savannah on the river, it is called. Vicks on the River. Vicks on the River. And we were walking by the river, and we were very hungry and very tired because we'd been in the car probably eight hours off and on that day coming from Waynesboro, I want to say. And this young woman, now, Jackie, you feel free to correct me if I do anything wrong. <laughs> okay, nope. It's not worth it. <laughs> Go ahead. Anyway, this young lady was handing out little pamphlets to come into this three-story restaurant. And we were kind of interested in that, and we said, well, well, we'd like to, we'd like to eat here. And I think the reservations available were 8.30 or 9 or something like that. five in the afternoon. Yes, and we were, we were hungry girls. And so, uh, 
she said, well, we told her that we were writing a book about the Civil War and we were interested in the building because we knew it had been there. And she said, well, actually, there is a map on the third floor restaurant wall that when they were renovating the restaurant, they discovered this map that the Union soldiers that occupied the building had made from Chattanooga all the way to Savannah. And we were just very intrigued with that. And so we said, oh, We'd love to see it. It's too bad you can't seat us for dinner. And so she said, well, just go on in and look at the map. So we get on the elevator, and on, I don't know why I remember this man had on a pink shirt, but this man got onto the elevator with us, and I tend to talk to just anybody about anything. And I said, we're going upstairs to see the map on the wall. I understand there's a picture, there's a map that Union soldiers drew on the wall. And, and the man says, oh, I'm the owner. And it was my call to chip off the wall where we found the map no Jackie's saying no oh well that's my story anyway the best part was we ended up having dinner right by the map and there is a picture of the man with the map in our book it's not a great picture because but the it, map is covered in uh, plexiglass so there's absolutely no way to photograph that's it. true we tried we tried and the man's pictures there and everything but it was probably the best Jackie is a real foodie and she appreciates all kinds of give good us food. the name of the restaurant again it's called Vicks on the Vicks river on V-I-C the river. Okay. and it, it fronts on, on Factors Walk alright so visitors can go up there and see this map. Yeah, and preferably eat because you do not want to miss a meal there. But you can also enter it from the front, from the from front River of the street. Street. There's a coffee shop on the ground floor facing River Street. While you were in Savannah, did you find the Lady and Sons? Uh, we didn't have time. Okay. I've been there before, but we did oh, not okay. have time. Okay. I went to high school with her. Oh, so wow. Anyway. We were there two days, actually, one part of a day. and. But we did a lot. Jackie, yes, you want to tell the story about driving through Savannah rapidly? <laughs> well, now, you did most of the driving. Is that right, Jackie? Yes. It I seems did. that I'm too dry, slow a driver, which I'm sure people find hard to believe. I'm sorry. 50 on the interstate just makes me crazy. <laughs> I have and, a brother that does that. But uh, I, tried, I, I tried to get the directions right before we went anywhere, and... Sometimes I did, sometimes I didn't, hence the title of the book, because we got lost a lot. But for Savannah especially, uh, the down, the historic area with all the squares, I knew it was going to be confusing. And so I pulled up a map on the computer a couple of days before, and I totally mapped out everything, because I had a list of things I wanted us to see, but a lot of them were kind of drive-bys, like that's the corner where such and such happened, and you know this is the house. So I wrote out the directions as you're because the squares are so confusing, and the directions were, for example, as you're approaching Reynolds Square, turn right, then left, then left past one street and then take the next right and that's such and such street and then the destination's here. So my vision was Milan would say, okay, we're approaching Reynolds Square, turn right, then, okay, now left, left again. I was wrong. Uh, I handed her the directions as we started into this area and I said, now read these to me. Okay, we're coming up on Reynolds Square, read that to me. And she said, Okay, turn right, left, left, and right. Did you see that house? 
Was this before or after we almost hit the cat on the bike? This was just before. Okay. <laughs> okay. You would think that we were the Bickersons, but actually we adore each other. And we, she, got, along, we got along very well. We it's do. Just, we, we're very different. Well, now, you're both blaming Savannah, but I understand that you hold the record for circumventing Athens, Georgia, while looking for a bookstore. <laughs> well, that Is was... that not true? That was oh, many absolutely. years ago, and yes... <laughs> I assumed that a retired policewoman would know how to find places, and we got on that awful I-10, and I think we circled it three times, and I finally said, Jackie, I thought you knew where we were going. We're going to miss dinner before we do the book signing. And she said, why would I know where we're going? And I said, because you're a policeman. And she said, I know Gwinnett County. I don't know Athens. Eighteen trips. Yes. Did you keep up with the mileage, the total mileage? No. No. And and my tax preparer just shakes her head when I say that. But there was so much else to keep up with. Uh, Mileage just didn't figure into it. We would pull up to a place, and as we approached, one of us would say to the other, I'd say, Milam, you want to write this? Or she'd say, Jackie, you want to write this? So we were taking notes at... And most things didn't go according to plan, and that was the most fun. Mainly, we were laughing. Absolutely. We had so much fun, and we found things that we'd never planned to see. She did rescue a turtle in the middle of the road. I don't know where I was. Where were we? That was the day we were headed to Waynesboro, I think. We were southeast of Macon. And this little turtle, and she slams on the brakes, and that was one of the U-turns we made, and she goes and carefully... It was a, a six-lane road, so... Yeah. And she saved the turtle. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised we haven't heard from the turtle. Well, no, that, I, I thank you. I think it was, it was a little inconsiderate not even to write us a note. No, not even a note. <laughs> Turtles are that way, I understand. Oh, I yeah. So. Now, Milam... You, you kind of went into it, but I understand that besides being famous writers, you two are pretty well famous for your lack of direction. Um, how did that play a role um, in all of this? First of all, we've made comments about Bartram and his trail and how he got where he got without ways and what all do we do? Garmin and maps and all these things. We just kept saying and he found these places without any help. It's just amazing to us. Um, Did did we tell you that our publisher named the book Sidetracked? No. Yes, Mark Jolly at Mercer University Press loves to make fun of us. I think we're like his children, (laughs) except he's younger than we are. We're his amusing older aunts yes that's better crazy aunt jackie and and equally crazy yeah right but he the way we found out we were getting the book published is he sent us an email on a friday afternoon and he said we will call our book sidetracked and neither jackie nor i understood i thought it was one of these send twenty dollars and we'll publish your book (laughs) (laughs) you read the turtle story because didn't i read that you uh you named that turtle sidetracked we may have, but no, I don't think he read this. the. That may have been something that was added later in the rewrites. Yes. Uh, but we had sent him the book, and excuse me, as publishers do, uh, he had taken a while, like months. But publishers always take oh, months yeah, before they let you know if they're going very to publish standard. The book. Very standard. There was no back and forth. There was just this email that said. 
I think we'll call our book Sidetracked, and we're planning on releasing it in April. On April Fool's Day, which is another fun thing about it. I just love it. <laughs> but uh, that was how we were told. Mark knows us well enough to yeah. now you, not you, stand on ceremony. <laughs> you, did, you did count the trips. You didn't count the uh, mileage necessarily, but I think your accountant would probably accept how many times you got lost. Oh. I think that would probably uh, make well, it. Well, on just about every trip, we had to make U-turns. I, most of the time we were on back roads that were not particularly well marked and were looking for indications of where this place is or that place is. We weren't even looking most of the time for markers. We were just trying to find general locations. So you know, if we got to a little town, we'd say, okay, I don't think we're supposed to be here. we got to go back because we obviously missed the turn. Uh, I, wa- I had thought about calling the book let's make a u-turn which would be very appropriate because we had to make two u-turns to get here today (laughs) (laughs) or was it three that's very fitting listen we're here this morning with mila mcgraw prost and jackie weldon white we're talking about sidetracked and we're going to be back with more after these messages buzz off with lawyer liz join me each week wednesdays at two o'clock as we talk drones internet of things and technology When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren. On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. Are your health insurance premiums going up? You are not alone. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org to understand why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. This is Grace Marie Turner, president of the Galen Institute. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And we are back. My name's Doug Dahlgren. We're here on the Prologue. We're here this morning with some returning guests who have joined forces to write an exciting book called Sidetracked. And it is the tale of following two women with two cameras uh, and lunches along the way on Sherman's Trail through the state of Georgia. Our guests this morning are Milam McGraw-Prost, and Jackie Weldon White. We've been having a real good time talking about how dedicated they were, uh, <coughs> fighting through getting lost almost every time they'd venture out, but they would find where they were going. Milam, uh, there's a uh, map on the cover of the book. Talk to us a little bit about this cover. Does that map play a significance 
to this story. Doug, as I see the map, it is hiding both of our double chins and any neck wobbles that we have. I love that map. Uh, maps are, are very uh, deceiving to me. You have to hold it right side up. <laughs> and even, even why are y'all laughing? <laughs> even with that, you might go completely in the wrong direction. Uh, before Waze and all these things, I was wont to call my husband, and he would say, Baby doll, you can come home if you just keep that sun that's going down to your back, and that'll get you back to our house. Besides holding it upside down, what I want to know is how old were these maps? Oh, that's that's, that's Jackie's fault. That's my fault. They don't do those anymore, do they? I think you're supposed to go to Google or whatever. You probably are, and I just have a... I happened to have a basket full of maps, and when I was doing the research for, I was we were looking for the uh, center, of center, Georgia. the geographic center mm-hmm. of Georgia, and so I went to the site, the historic marker site, and found out where it was located, and then I pulled out a map, looked at the map, it was south of Macon, down I sixteen, I sixteen. And it said get off at, I don't remember, I think it was like exit 7. Seven, seven or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, we were driving, and we pass exit 6, and then we come to exit 8. And I said, how did we miss it? So we got off, we went back, another U-turn, went back, and the next exit we came to was exit 6. It was the twilight zone. And we finally got off at exit 8 and tried to snake our way back or syrup mill our way back as my husband's family (laughs) used to say and we never found the geographic center of georgia never i thought maybe it was some kind of twilight zoney thing Mm -hmm. but then when i got home a few days later i looked at that map because i thought surely i wouldn't have been i wouldn't have made things up i look at the map i write down and at, then I, and the, it was there on the map, exit seven. But then I went online, and it's no nowhere near, or there is no exit seven off sixteen now. It turns out they closed it, and the map was from nineteen seventy seven. Looking for Marion, Georgia, isn't that right? Isn't that supposed to be? Yeah, we got we found Marion, kind of, sorta. Is that a ghost town now, or what? There are a few houses there. And this is not, folks, to be confused with Marion County. No, no, no. This over is, near Columbus. Yes, this is, this just is Marion, Georgia. Macon. That wasn't our only dead town. Well, note to self, if they want to put railroad tracks through your town, you should say yes, because if they don't... <laughs> Very true. That's what happened to Marion. Mm-hmm. Well, now, that's the, uh, the recorded center, geographic center of Georgia. But yes. A mutual friend of ours that we all know... Dr. William Rawlings yes. would, would beg to differ. In fact, he's quick to point out that uh, Saundersville, in his mind, is not only the center of Georgia, but of the universe. Oh, uh, oh yes. That goes without he's, saying. He's <laughs> it. Now, I understand you guys went to, to uh, Saundersville. We did. Did you get a chance to have lunch with Dr. Rawlings while you were there? Uh, we didn't see William that day. Uh, we both know William Rawlings. As a matter of fact, I, I was talking with him a couple days ago on another subject uh what we did see in sandersville was uh the old jail but 
we didn't know we were going to. We were just driving around Sandersville. Actually, I think we had just found some place to eat in Sandersville. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were leaving there and, and trying to find our way out of Sandersville en route to a little town called Warthen. But uh, we passed this greenhouse. It was a, I don't know, Victorian, maybe Victorian house, green. And as we drove down the side, we noticed there were bars all over the back windows. I mean, substantial mm-hmm. bars. And we thought, that's a, so we, we circled back around because we said, why in the world would that pretty house? It's pretty. Crazy Aunt Lulu lives there. Well, it could yeah. be. We come around to the front, and it turns out it's the old Sandersville jail. The sheriff in those days lived in the front. In the beautiful and, house part. And the cells were all in the back. And then we, we went in and talked with a very nice lady there. We didn't see the resident ghost. We were both disappointed. Well, it was daytime. That. It was. Yeah. Well, there's a, a neat story. Uh, Dr. Hoggs has been on the program a couple of times, mm-hmm. uh, most recently with a tale that kind of covers the whole South talking about uh, an incarnation of the clan. The clan, yeah. Many of us don't know about. But uh, the first time he was on was back in October, October 16th. And folks, you guys can look that up on the archives of the prologue, the website, and scroll down to October 16th of 2015 and hear Dr. Rawlings talk about the killing at Ringjaw Bluff. And that's a very famous occurrence that happened in the Saundersville area back some time ago. And it's another Mercer University press book. Another Mercer University. You guys are talking <laughs> a bunch of you. Um, talk about the Birds Plantation, Milam. Oh, my goodness. Yes. That is just a magical, mystical place. I think the grandchildren of Sandy Burge and his wife, Patsy, um, are the eighth generation to live on Birch Plantation. And they've opened it up as a hunting community. And a good friend of mine's husband joined it, and it's just a a mecca for grandchildren and conversations with grandchildren. And they have Thanksgiving there every year because the chef is a five-star chef, and they have cabins and cottages that they've moved and built. And it's just a, a marvelous place. But what happened to me when we went to another town uh, we stood in the slave market and it was still the existing building and you could look up and see the timbers that were there when the slaves were being sold pardon that was Louisville Louisville um, thank you Jackie see she she's the brains of the operation and uh, I got so emotional looking up at those t- timbers and I could feel the the hearts and souls of these these slaves being separated from children and grandchildren and husbands and I I was almost frozen there. I almost couldn't move. And Jackie sort of walked me out of there and we we walked down the street and we saw this church and it had this beautiful, beautiful stained glass window with angels in it and it kind of calmed me and gave me a sense of peace. So I was very adamant about how upset I was about slavery and, and thinking I don't know. It's, it's just very personal to me because of, of lots of reasons, but that day, that moment in particular. So when I went to Birch Plantation, I was sort of on fire. I thought, I'm going to burn this plantation down or something. I was being very silly. And then I met Sandy, and he gave me a book that his great-great-great-great-grandmother had written about when Sherman's troops marched through the plantation. 
and she held her little nine-year-old daughter, and they took the cow and they took the horse that had borne his, her husband's body to his grave. And I thought, now here's the face of the people who live in Georgia and how angry they were at Sherman for destroying their homes, their properties. Their, so it's just, it's, it was just, for somebody who did not want to write about the Civil War, Doug, and did it only because I love Jackie so much and I wanted to spend this time with her. And she is lots of fun, even though she looks like a curmudgeon sometimes. She's really, <laughs> no, she's, she is way more fun than I am, believe me. Um, it was a, it was an eye opener because I really, you can look at dates and signs and go to battlefields and do all that stuff, but when you have two individual faces in your face, you get it. And I got it. And that's how I was changed by the book, really. I have another question, but I think it's only fair to offer Jackie two minutes to respond. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, she, she just, just she just she just blanched. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, the remark. Oh no, no. no. Yeah. Some, no she's, she's called just, me worse. That was a little okay. That was out of bounds, but we'll let it go. Oh, actually, um, we're like sisters, no, we, okay. we, which no. makes us on a different level. We're, than my we're here in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Yes. The studio is in Sandy Springs, but one of the areas that you talk about is known to everybody in DeKalb County uh, and around Atlanta, the covered bridge at Stone Mountain. Yes. Um, I want you to talk about that, but, you know, another a friend of ours, Tori Bailey, who's a writer, yes. mentioned this covered bridge when it did exist in the Athens area in one of okay. her stories. But tell us tell us about it, Jackie. Would you do that? I will. Uh the covered bridge is now located at Stone Mountain. It's very picturesque. It's over a little inlet on the lake. Uh, when we were there that morning, uh, it was so nice. It was like being back in time until you looked through the covered bridge to the other side and saw the pickup truck. So, okay, not not quite historic. <laughs> but the bridge has quite a history uh it started off in athens and it was known for the street it was on uh it was used for many many years to to cross the river but eventually it became known uh and I cannot remember the woman's name isn't that terrible well, it was a brothel it was a brothel but but there was definitely a name, Essie, I think. I think it was Essie, uh, ran the brothel. And the covered bridge was the shortest route from the campus to her pla- her establishment, her place of business. So it was used mostly at that point by uh, young young men College attending the University of Georgia. Research. Yes, research. Yes. And that's why it was called I mean, Essie's Br- Effie's Bridge, I believe. So all you dogs out there with grandfathers? <laughs> That's right. They probably crossed that bridge, and now you can go to Stone Mountain and cross it. It was about to be torn down, and they, they chose to Move. preserve That's it and, and move it to Stone Mountain. That's been a while back. Milam, you embraced the idea of these travels, and one of the first places you thought of was the Williams Payne House. Oh, absolutely. Talk about that for a minute. Well, I I have this wonderful friend who died when she was 104, and I actually our first interview was with Garnet when she was a mere 102, and uh, she woke up one morning, probably 20 years ago, and decided she wanted to save her 
friend's house from sheer destruction when 400 came through. So she called some people and said, I, I would like to do something with the Williams Payne House. Because she's so forceful, all four foot eight of her, she and her garden club got the house put on the back of a flatbed truck and they came up Hammond Drive and put it on Sandy Springs Circle. And now it's a place where people get married and people have parties. And Jackie and I had the great pleasure of speaking to an audience that you and Donna were in, in the Williams Payne House Garnet Cobb, Garnet Cobb Garden Room. And it was one of my big honors in my whole life. Beautiful place. It really is something Really so. Folks, we're going to take another break here. We'll be back in just a minute with more from Milam and Jackie about their great book, Sidetracked. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren. On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And we are back on the prologue. My name is Doug Dahlgren. We're here this morning with Milam and Jackie. They are both well-known authors in the uh, Georgia area and all through the southeast. We're talking about sidetracked. Two women, two cameras, and lunches on Sherman's Trail. Now, Jackie, let me let me bring this. This is for both of you, really, but I want to get you in here first. This book is not just a travel guide. This book is about history. We've been talking about some of the places and some of the historical events that happened mm-hmm. in there. Tell us, was that the intent, or did that just kind of happen? No, that that was the intent, because I wanted the, the history of Georgia, as shown by the historic markers, to be the star of the book. As it turns out, it's kind of a co-star along with our friendship, but... Uh, there's so much in Georgia that people never knew happened. Uh, for example, Roswell, when there, there were a lot of mills on the Chattahoochee River in Roswell. And 
the people who worked in those mills were usually women and children and usually quite poor. And when Sherman's army marched in, the first thing, or one of the first things that he did was charge the people who worked in those mills with treason because they manufactured wool, and they manufactured the wool for Confederate uniforms. So all of these women and children were put in boxcars, basically, and shipped north. I think they were shipped to Indiana. Most of them were never heard of again. And they weren't treasonous. They were simply trying to make a living. And I never knew that happened until we went to Roswell. And there were there were so many things that we we discovered historically. I didn't know that the person who wrote Greer's Almanac was from Georgia. I didn't know the woman who uh, came up with uh, the symbolic red poppy on Veterans Day was born in Georgia. So I'm hoping this will uh, interest people and people will learn a little bit more about their state and maybe go see these places. Oh, they will. And it's written... It's it's just written like you're speaking to them. It's not a lecture or a history book or anything like that. It's it's really just a friendly little conversation mm-hmm. that folks can enjoy. Your take on that, on the historical aspect. <clears throat> well, I loved learning all this. We went to Native American places. We went to the big house in Macon where the Allman Brothers made all their music. There's something that interests everybody in this book. Some people have said to me it's so funny. Some people have said to me it's so informative. As I said before, some people want to follow in our footsteps. We recommend restaurants. It's just kind of an everybody book, and it's every short, every story in here is just about three or four pages, maybe some longer. And it's just fun to have sitting by your chair when you're tired of reading something heavy. But yet it's very, very informative. I had a little kid come up to me not too long ago and said, I love reading your history book. And I thought, oh, well, that's because Mrs. White did all the research. (laughs) But um, I... It was not only fun to do, but it was, it's fun and interesting to read. It's not just flippity-gibbeted yes, stuff. it very well is. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's stay with you a minute. i got a question for both of you again. Was there one place in particular, Milam, that was your favorite? Yes, all of them. <laughs> Jackie's going to talk about Olive Forge. That was the most restful, pleasant day I've ever had in the last maybe 10 years. But I love Milledgeville. I absolutely love Milledgeville. We spent three days I guess we kept going back because there was more and more to do and I think the most spiritual feeling I had was when Jackie and I went to Andalusia which is Flannery O'Connor's home where she wrote all of her short stories or most of her short stories and and the, the house is there as it was her room is there as it was the peacocks are there as they were the outbuildings are there as they are and and, and it was just you just felt like you were walking in her footsteps. The tour guide was wonderfully informative to us. And we sat on the front porch, and she said that Flannery used to sit on that front porch serving cocktails to her visitors. As you remember, she had lupus, and she was getting more and more impaired. So she was on crutches, and she would sit on the front porch and have cocktails in the afternoon. So Jackie and I were sitting there. You could almost feel like Flannery was there. I had a couple of things I wanted to ask her. And it was just, it was just to me, Milledgeville being... I think it was the second state capital of Georgia, and you can go in the governor's mansion. They're just wonderful places to see in that town. That was 
super pleasant to me. Super good. Very good. You want to add anything to that, Jackie? Well, I think, as Milam said, one of my favorite places was the Olive Forge Herb Farm, which is in Haddock, and it's also right outside of Milledgeville. Uh, Marsha and Daryl Heron have owned and run uh, this herb farm and shop for many, many years. They are wonderful people. You meet them once and you feel like you've been friends forever. You walk in the door and they say, sit down, we'll get you a a glass of tea, would you like coffee? Uh, Here, have some uh, herb bread. We went, they served us lunch, but the strangest thing they did, Milam had had hosted her uh, bridge club the night before and she had served pedophores little cakes and when she was putting them on plates she discovered she had they had shorted her one so she only had seven pedophores so she didn't have a pedophore the and night a little before. ice cream and a little pedophore and she was feeling a little left out not one member of my bridge club offered to share her petty four with me, by the way. But we walked in, and we were sitting on their back porch, which overlooks their greenhouse and uh, the hills and the woods. It's such a wonderful place. And uh, Marcia said, oh, we have pedophores. Somebody brought these yesterday. So Mullen got her pedophore. It was just on the back porch, oh the my screened goodness. in porch of the Olive Forge. All, all the little surprises. Uh, this was just meant to be. Meant all it the was. Way around. You don't need to ask us about the tarot card reading, card reading that Jackie did. We'll let somebody read the book and find that. But there that was a surprise. Okay. All right. We'll do that. Something I want to know. You, you did all the traveling. You guys, this is a great book, but you each individually have eight other books that you've written. Were you able to schedule or conduct any signings in any of these towns while you were there or set up something to come back to later? No, we I'll let Milan tell you about Bartow, but we were so busy and Milan will tell you I I was kind of a slave driver. We were on a... a, Oh no, you were perfect. Yeah, we were on a very strict timetable, and I'm, I'm, I was always saying, "Okay, we've got to be out of here by three o'clock because we oh, want to be that, at Atlanta yes. traffic." So, we really didn't have time to pursue that. We're going back now and doing so. And well, just a couple of weeks ago, we went to Bartow, Georgia. We were lost somewhere, and I said, "Jackie, are we anywhere near Bartow, Georgia? My next door neighbor has a a house there." And she said, oh, look, look at the map. It's only 20 minutes away. So we ended up going there. And then a couple of weeks ago, they invited us back to Bartow, and we did a book signing in the railroad depot that is now a museum. And just a lovely three-room, and that's the cover. On the cover, it's the railroad right there in the little roof of the – so – We've done a thing at the Williams Payne House, and we've done a thing at your art gallery, but we're hoping that people will ask us to do other places because we've written about so many special places throughout from, you know, Atlanta all the way to Savannah. So we have suitcases. We'll travel. We'll bring books. We'll talk. Sounds like there's more to come. Well. Possibly. We, we've been asked. Uh, Jackie thought we should follow DeSoto's path, and my husband thought we should do what Ponce de Leon. And uh, somebody really made a good suggestion that we do Bartram's right. Trail. 
So I don't know. I I would love to do it. I don't know if she wants to put up with me again. No, you both were there when you made the travels. You went together Mm -hmm. to every location. How did you divide it up? How did you decide Jackie's going to write about this, Milam's going to write about this? We volunteered. Jackie would say, I'll do this one. Okay. I'll do the one after lunch. And that it's was ve- that? And the, yeah, and we work well together. And if one of us had a special interest, uh, Milan was particularly interested in the home of the first African-American nun in Savannah, mm-hmm. uh, who then became... She had Mother order, Matilda. Mother Matilda. Mm-hmm. So it was just natural that she did that one. Uh, I was particularly interested in the uh, dead town where Leonard Dow cursed the town, the traveling preacher. Mm-hmm. So we just divided it up. Mm-hmm. All right. We're running out of time, and I've got a whole lot more I needed to know. Um, did you always agree with what the other one wrote? Yes. Yes. Always. Mm-hmm. All right. And Very we did good. not edit each other's work. Mm-hmm. That's Mm-mm. We didn't Very do that. Very good. Well, again, I, there are pictures in the book. Yep, lots. Uh, I was going to ask who took the best pictures, but we'll just let the folks decide. I think we are both very adept at photography. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, this has been a great time. Thank I you. I have really enjoyed this, and it's a pleasure having you back, both of you, on the show. Thank you. Again, folks, the title is Sidetracked. Can I interrupt you just one second? Yes, ma'am. We wrote an awful lot about Margaret Mitchell. I just wanted you to know that. We went to the Margaret Mitchell house, and I feel like because we're sitting in Atlanta, I needed to say that. But she's in and out of lots of stories here, along with Flannery O'Connor. Yes. Folks, that's what I was going to say. You need to get this book. Uh, Sidetracked, Two Women, Two Cameras, and Lunches on Sherman's Trail. It's through Mercer University Press. You can contact them. You can go on Amazon. Please go in and put in the entire title so that you can find it and get this book. You're going to enjoy it. Our guests again have been Milam McGraw-Prost and Jackie Weldon-White. Thank you so much, both of you, for being here today. This has really been a great time. Thank you. All right. Listeners, the ball's in your court. I want you to go to Amazon. I want you to go wherever great books are sold and order their book. And please tell all your friends about the show and how they can listen to the free podcast by simply clicking on the links at America's Web Radio. Now, that's it for this hour. Thanks again to my guests, Milam Prost and Jackie White. For myself, Doug Dahlgren, and for those guests, I want to say, please be good to yourselves and each other. Read a book. If not sidetracked, maybe you'll pick one of mine. And I'll see you (laughs) folks all again in 167 hours. Take care now. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.